Welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week on a very special Mardi Gras episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, Laissez Le Bonton Roulet and the Bulldogs rolled all over UAB, sweeping men and women 4 0 on the weekend. Hell yeah. I wish I could say I predicted that, but I did not. Yeah, I probably should have predicted Courtney booing me from the other room with that joke there. But <laughs> either way, I mean, I'm just too happy beating UAB four I did times. I boo you. I said, ha. Well, it was about the same to me. Either way, beating <laughs> UAB four times in one week. I mean, what else can you say? But you got to love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I did pick Tech to win both games uh, in the men's, but I, <laughs> you know, I have no faith in the women. And they just stomped UAB twice. We'll talk about that later. But I mean, I wanted I wanted on the record that Evan has no faith in women. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, but I started not to have too much faith in the men because the weekend started off with some weird news. Uh, I was listening to the radio broadcast coming back from the drive-through of a Taco Bell when I heard Dave Mitt say that Andrew <laughs> Gordon had been suspended from school. It was not anticipated <laughs> planning on playing over the weekend. And we're not sure if we'll see him suit up again for the Bulldogs or if he will be back to normal next week. No one really knows right now, but that was kind of a shock of news. He transferred to UAV. Oh, God. <laughs> that's what suspended him. That's, that's worthy Mid- of a suspension right there. <laughs> Mid-game, he transferred. <laughs> well, he made the wrong choice then. He did. Yeah, as evidenced by both of these games, let's jump into them. Because both of them were close games, too. This, these were some fun matchups to watch. Uh, probably more so as an outside party than someone who really has stakes on this. But the first 15 minutes of this game were really just back and forth. Uh, UAB led 12 to 7 at one point, and that was ended up being their largest lead of the night. But the final six-ish minutes of the first half, Tech goes from up two to up 11. And really, the turning point in all this was uh, an interesting foul. Uh, Evan, <laughs> do you want to talk about that? The Jalen Benjamin one? Yeah. Yes. So, so, I mean, he just went up for a, for a layup, right. And just yelled something in the general vicinity of like, you know, sort of up in the crowd where the librarians stand. And I guess UAB people claimed he said, and one, which is pretty innocuous, right? I mean, nobody's going to be mad about him shouting that, but the ref immediately teed him up though. So I, I think he probably said something worse. I don't know what, but so yeah. Fuck you and one. (laughs) But uh, either way, it was a... That's a technical foul. God damn it. Oh, man. You're going to get a lot of use out of that one. This, this episode. Oh, yeah. There is no God. Yeah, so so Caleb Ledoux heads down to the other end, shoots uh, two free throws. He makes them both. And then I guess Tech got the ball, and Ledoux decided to turn it over. But um, still, <laughs> a, an interesting turn of events there. Um, decided to turn it over? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was consciously <laughs> made, a, made a conscious decision. He was thinking Ooh, about following yeah. Andrew Gordon to uh, transfer to UAB, so he ah, turned the ball over. But before he turned the ball over, he hit did, like you mentioned, hit those two free throws, and that was kind of a trend on the night. It's kind of weird, but Tech hit their first 11 free throws and ended yeah. up 11 for 12 on the night, 92% from the charity stripe. That's not something you see every day from these Bulldogs. Yeah. No, definitely not. And I know uh, across the whole weekend, they were commenting at one point, the, the announcers were talking about how Lofton had hit 
most of his free throws on the weekend, which is good to see him getting a little better. You know, he went five for six from the free throw line. So, hey, maybe he's onto something there. Yeah. And after this free throws, uh, Tech goes on a 19 to 10 run to end the half. But the end of the half was punctuated by a Kobe Williams behind the back tip in. Uh, Junior Lofton got an inbound pass, put it up, missed. Kobe Williams tipped it in from behind. It was I there were so many great plays over this weekend, yeah, but gave that one the, just replays in my head. They yeah, gave him the tip from behind. Classic. <laughs> I think I wasn't the uh the shot clock almost out too on that inbounds pass. Yes. I don't know exactly what it was at, but Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I remember there being one on the clock that hits the rim. Kobe, I believe, inbounded the ball to loft and ran underneath the rim. Uh, got back in bounds and then tipped it in. Uh, just incredible heads up play by Kobe there. And he really had a lot of them. Uh, we've seen him become such a big part of this Bulldog basketball team. He went uh, two for three from three, six from eight for the field on this night, scored 15 points. If it weren't for uh, some junior Lofton being junior Lofton that we'll talk about in a little bit, he <laughs> would lead the team in points. I mean, 15's a nice night to have out of your point card. Oh yeah, for sure. And and like you said, I mean, he was just making smart plays and he was in the right place at the right time. You know, a few weeks ago, we talked about him not being able to make a layup at all. And this weekend he was just, you know, he was putting himself in a good position to score and doing it when, when he had those opportunities. And it's the energy too. Just, it, it's not a stat and I know I'm a huge stat person, but really? just the the energy is really the only word I can think of still the, the amount of energy he brings to the game. The team never looks like it's going through the motions or falling asleep when he's on the court because of the, again, the energy that he brings to the arena. And when he's not on the court, when he's subbed out to take a breath, you can see the difference in the team. There are a couple times in this game and the next one where he's not on the court and you're just hoping that a timeout gets called or the ball goes out of bounds. So tech can make a sub and put Kobe Williams back on the court. I mean, like you said, there's a reason that he is getting the most minutes on the team. He he played 33 minutes in both of these games. The next closest player was Crawford with 30, but he's the soul of this team, right? I mean, he's the one leading the defense. He's the one running the offense, right? I mean, you can't say enough about him. And he's only a sophomore. This team is still young, which is pretty crazy, you know, considering like where we were picked in conference and everything this year. And it's just, you know, this weekend, I really got that sense that it's like, man, we've, we've got some dudes moving forward too. Like this isn't the end of a run or anything like that. We're, we're still building, right? We got Lofton as a freshman. We got Kobe as a sophomore Crawford as a sophomore. Like there's a lot of room to grow with, with this what core group again. What you're saying is CUSA champs. I hope so. I hope that's <laughs> what I'm on, saying. Knocking on wood over here. Can't wait to lose to UAB in the uh, conference title game. Yeah, because yeah, once you beat a team twice, you can't beat them the third time in the playoffs. Oh, my God. Uh, Nathan, why would you do that to me, man? Yeah. Come on. That hurts. Uh, it's crazy to think that Crawford and Williams are both just sophomores because it seems like they've been contributors for a long time. And, you know, people like like uh, NTSN on Twitter already hate Kobe Williams' guts for whatever reason. So it's like the guy's only played like twice against your team, but okay, or four times, whatever. Anyway, so that that's the first half of this game. We're kind of off track here. So how'd the second half start out, Nathan? Yeah, it's, it started off with a bit of a scare. UAB goes uh, gets to within five points of Tech's lead, cuts it down to five with 13.30 to go. But then Tech goes on a 17-3 to run to put the game out of reach. <laughs> oh, man. And that run, oh, man, that run was, like, all Lofton, basically. I mean, it wasn't all Lofton, but... It was especially by the end, though. 
Tech had kind of turned it on, and then Lofton gets subbed back in, I believe. And yeah, I I included the box score, little little mini box score in the notes there. You want to read that out real quick, Evan? Yeah. So at six twenty three, Lofton gets a layup and an and one, makes the free throw. Then UAB misses a shot. Come back down. Lofton gets a pass inside behind the their seven foot guy Jemison that um that Dave was big on last weekend or last week on the podcast. Lofton just I mean just cut straight to the middle and got behind him and. I, I don't know who caught him with the pass there, but just hit him perfectly in stride for a layup. Then UAB missed again, and Lofton comes right back down and <laughs> makes another one. Then finally UAB makes a shot after that. So was that the end of the run there for Lofton? Not quite, with 4.45 uh, on the clock. So a complete couple of minutes since the first one. On the fourth straight possession, Lofton gets the ball, puts up another shot. This one he misses. It's another layup, but he gets his own rebound, puts up another shot. That one's also not good, but he gets fouled and makes only one of his two free throws. I guess that was the one miss on the night. But still, just he turned it on. It was a show. It was a you could just run that full two minute clip on Sports Center, kind of showing on Lofton there. The basketball Twitter account basically did that. They they put like a they put like a highlight video out, and it was more than just that four minute run. But those four layups were there, and I mean just to just to talk about Lofton for a second, which we do every single week. So I don't know. Stop listening so if you good. don't want to hear it. I guess. But um, he was guarded most of the night by that seven footer Trey Jemison, who is not a bad center by any stretch. But in this game, I mean the guy on the offensive side of the floor did absolutely nothing. He was 0 for 4, no no free throws made. He had four attempts at free throws, but he scored zero points, had eight boards, and uh, had three assists. I mean, he, he's a pretty good passer, and he had two blocks inside on defense, but, I mean, Lofton just worked him. Like, tw- Lofton scored 21 points, had 12 rebounds. I mean, my gosh. So, dude. He, he was twerking on that bitch. Yes, indeed. And then he made her strip. <laughs> I, I suppose so. <laughs> um, and uh, and Jemison had a pretty good game in night two, I think, or at least a better game than zero points and eight rebounds. But um, it's a very low bar. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to game two in a second. But he definitely came out of the gate with something to prove. Like yeah, watch the highlight tapes of kind of yeah, I think he had like, like six of their first again. eight points or something like that. Definitely came. Well, Are you uh, just gonna? Is every joke you're gonna make now a sexual one? Well, it seems to be my. What do you shit. mean now? Yeah, what do you mean now? <laughs> <laughs> that's what his whole comedic, you that's, know, existence is. Repertoire. Oh man, I forgot. We forgot to mention at one point. I think it was Kobe. Just like football, passed it all the way down the court to Lofton. I love when that happens. Who caught it over his over his shoulder and then put in a layup? I have that in my little handwritten notes here. Yeah, I wonder if they also train with basketballs in the backyard with a big tire on the swing, trying to throw the <laughs> basketball through the tire from across the backyard. I wonder if that's a skill you try to generate as a basketball player. I don't um, think so. But, but either way, to, to end this game up really quickly, Tech is up 68 to 50 after that loft and domination. And at this point, the Bulldogs can pretty much just kneel out the clock. Uh, they only scored another bucket. I think there may have been two free throws. I'm trying to remember. But the game ends at 70 to 58. It was a 12-point win. It was not that close even by the end oh, of it. No. It was when when you have Elder and uh, Kenny Hunter coming in off the bench at the very end there, you know the game is out of reach. 
and it doesn't yeah. really matter if it's 12 points, 18 points, 30 points. Tech has won this game pretty easily. When you have, at least at the end. It wasn't easy the whole way through. That, I guess that's not really fair to say. When you have Kenyon McNeil coming back to exercise his 10 seconds of eligibility left. <laughs> I just have to say that Catherine watched like the last five to, or 10 minutes of this game with me. And she's like now obsessed with Lofton. She thinks he's adorable. And she watched his like four layups in a row uh, stretch that we read through earlier. And like at one point with like two and a half minutes left, we're up by, you know, 15 or whatever. He caught the ball at the top of the key. And Catherine just, she she's not a tech fan. She doesn't care about sports really. But she just yells like, wow. oh, you should take the three. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> will you marry me again? <laughs> because you yes. almost I, had a chance to. In, in game two, Lofton had a chance. He had the ball. No one was guarding him. He could have put up a three. I know. I really wanted him to do that. Yeah, but but like you said, this game this game was uh, was over. I mean, to make it respectable in air quotes, there, Tony Tony put up a three pointer for UAB, um, and I just really wanted to say that guy's name because come on, uh, man, that's... come on, come on, Mister and Mrs. Tony, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I had to sure. look it up. I did not believe that. I thought the commentators just misread the sheet or something. And <laughs> that's not his name. And looked him up on the roster. It's spelled differently, his first name and last name. But yeah, it's Tony Tony. Yeah. I went to yeah. school at Clearwood with a girl named Courtney Courtney. And I was, I'm still mad about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have another school in this conference that's coached by a Dan D'Antoni. So anything <laughs> is possible in Conference USA, I guess is what I'm saying. If I ever meet anyone with the name Matt Matt, I'm going to kill them. <laughs> All Matt right. Matterson. <laughs> Matt Matterson. <laughs> Evan Evan. Oh, no. Ev- Evan Essence. All right. Moving right along. <laughs> moving right along. The longer Matt talked, the harder it was to think of a tr- good transition. But well, it- the longer I talked, the harder I got. I regret pausing to let you finish, but night two. That's what you want to make a said. joke out of. Yep, there you go. Night two, Tech also beat UAB. Much more exciting it, game. Yes, it was closer down to the wire. It kind of started and ended the opposite that game one did because game one started out uh, very close and Tech pulled away late. Game two started with Tech pulling away and then UAB coming back, and it was down to the wire at the very end. Uh, Tech goes on a 10-0 run pretty early on to go up 17 to eight. But that lead doesn't last long, like I just kind of alluded to. Tech goes on to miss the next 12 shots from the field. <laughs> I think they make three free throws, which also feels uh, kind of the opposite of how the Bulldogs have been <laughs> in the past. Can, but, can I just say real quick before you before you move on here that your tweet where you said nobody makes Tech miss 13 <laughs> shots from the field in a <laughs> row was hilarious. And I was laughing for a while about that. Yeah, the sad part was that I had that tweet queued from we, when we had missed six shots in a row and <laughs> just kept, kept adding, upping the number. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but, It was, it was mean, a rough stretch of basketball to watch. Yeah, and, and the worst part was that we were taking bad shots, right? Eight of those 12 shots were from three, and it was just like, guys, uh, they're not they're not falling. Come on. I mean, some of those threes were good shots, and I don't they really were blame anybody for taking them. But, yeah, if you don't make them, then... They weren't falling through the metal ring. That means you scored they points. They were not. They were. <laughs> I made a comment while I was watching it or when Julie was sitting here not caring. Uh, and I said, I said, I think they're in the process of building a house out there. And she said, what? 
I said because oh, of all the I said, no. I said, oh, I said God. I said because of all those bricks they're throwing. <laughs> Jesus. And she as she normally does immediately filled herself with regret at marrying me. Man, there was one game that Rustin Bricks uh, sponsored for the Bulldogs and they had signs that said <laughs> Rustin Brick on them for the student uh. section to have. And no one really knew what a brick was. And they were holding the Not signs a... up after tech missed shots and it just felt very mean in a way that no one really understood. <laughs> our student uh, section sucks as that guy said that one time on twitter and we never let him hear the end of it but both of these teams also sucked at three pointers this game it wasn't just a tech problem uh tech was five of 21 from three on the night that that's 24 percent absolutely horrible only slightly better though is what uab shot from three four of 16 that's 25 percent so you know what's better than 24 25. 25. They still lost. But I got my SpongeBob reference in, so I still won twice. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. It was just funny that both teams took a lot of threes, though, especially Tech. 21 attempts from three, and it was just like, man, it's not it's not happening. Please stop. Yeah, so Tech hits a shot with, what is that, nine minutes? No, 11 minutes. That's when they make their last shot. They make a few free throws, and then they don't make another one until about four minutes left. It was at 4-12. Tech finally b- breaks their slump of just nothing falling for them. And by nothing, I mean mostly three-pointers. And it's the unlikeliest of heroes that comes to the aid of the Bulldogs, Stacy yeah. Thomas. Yeah. I had I had written down on my piece of paper when he checked into the game that he plays... He, he played, And I think I messaged you guys this too, but... He just plays so weird. Like, it's almost like he forgets how to play sometimes. Like, he'll just miss a pass that hits him right in the hands. And he'll just, like, fumble it out of bounds. And it's like, just Butterfingers McGee over here. But you're right. I mean, we hadn't scored a, a bucket in, like, what, seven minutes? And here comes Stacy Thomas with a dunk in the paint. And then, you know, next possession, good layup in the paint. Next possession after that, good layup in the paint for Stacy Thomas. So... And then, oh and, shit! Then he had a block. What? I mean, where'd this guy come from? He, I guess he like took on the spirit of Andrew Gordon there for a second. I don't know. I don't know, but it's funny to read a stat line in conjunction with that because he played ten minutes, shot three shots, made all three of them for those six points you just read. It's like <laughs> he he showed up when we needed him the most, like the Avatar, <laughs> saved the world, <laughs> and then went back in his ice cocoon, never to be seen again. Very. Reference. All no, the Nickelodeon is happening on the show right now. Yeah, now now we gotta assign Avatar the Last Airbender characters to all of Tech's players. Anyway, that's that's an off-season podcast. Well, I I am getting on my nerves. I keep saying Kenny fucking Lofton instead of just Lofton. Ugh. You know, Jake, the the our resident Mac expert, told me that we should just run a shtick where we pretended like he was actually kenny lofton's <laughs> son <laughs> and never like no matter how many times people told us he wasn't just keep it going forever <laughs> well, i think jake oh jake knows who kenny lofton is because kenny lofton was a stalwart of the cleveland indians throughout the 90s yes i'm and, pretty sure you mean cleveland baseball team ah yes uh they are no longer the indians they're yes. team to be named later but we'll talk about baseball in a second because for right now after Stacy Thomas's heroics, the slump has been broken, but UAB is caught up to that tech lead I mentioned earlier. The game is now tied at 31, and we're in the final seconds of the first half. But then Kobe Williams, doing something that only Kobe Williams, I feel like, could do, hits a three 
just before the buzzer to put the Bulldogs back on top by three. Just end of half heroics from Williams. I keep using the word heroics, but this feels like an Avengers movie now. Just <laughs> incredible play to the buzzer from from Kobe. Yeah, and it was a, I mean, it was a pretty deep shot too, but he just, he was open, he took it, and it was like, all right, awesome. Kobe Williams, this is your weekend, man. Go get him. It was almost better that it happened before the buzzer because it, it went in, the clock kept running, and UAB just looked dejected knowing that they had <laughs> a tenth of a second to inbound the ball with the clock running and knowing that they couldn't do anything about it. Yep. That helped a lot, maybe. And some of that lead and some of that momentum carried over into the second half, but UAB went on a 10-0 run just before that, and they took their own lead early on in the second half. Then Tech builds their six-point lead, it was a kind of thing where teams would go cold, then the other would go cold, and then it would be yeah, back to Tech going cold. Both teams were very streaky, and at one point, UAB called a timeout because Tech had gone on a run, and then UAB immediately, like, the perfect, you know, evil plan in the timeout, I guess, and they went on, like, a 10-point like a run after the timeout. So, yeah, I mean, both, both teams at times were just like, okay, you guys score now. Okay, now we score. You know, and like, let's let's make this one close because last night was boring for the fans. UAB is able to cut the lead to two when Tech goes cold. But then after a free throw from Kobe and an alley-oop from Kobe to Pemberton, the lead is five. Oof. God, I love alley-oops, man. I love yeah, alley-oops. I like a good time to talk about those dunks. Yeah, gosh, that that was shades of like speedy to, uh, what's that guy's name? Who Xavier uh, Stapleton. How could oh, I forget? Right. Xavier bitch, you guessed it, Stapleton. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Xavier bitch, you guessed I transferred. <laughs> yeah, he transferred like four times in his career. But anyway, yeah, that that was really reminiscent of those Mike White days with Speedy at the helm. And Kobe just lobbed it up to Pemberton, who was wide open. And I mean, UAB played pretty good defense in this game. But towards the end, they just seemed lost in certain possessions. And, you know, they forgot about Pemberton that time. They forgot about... <laughs> They forgot about Pemberton and Lofton on a later possession, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure. But, yeah. I think part of that's also the defense that UAB was playing. They realized very early on that they couldn't commit to the man-on-man defense that Tech likes to play, except a few times where they kind of mix it up. And they went with a zone defense. Basketball is not my forte when it comes to analyzing, like, X's and O's, but they played a 1-3-1 most of the night uh, where they had one guy out towards the top of the key, three people kind of just covering zones in the middle and then one person closer underneath the hoop. Yeah, Jemison under, under the hoop. Yeah, sometimes you just, you're able to find a way to get a guy who, when you're playing a zone, it's a lot easier to lose track of a man than it is when you're playing man-to-man where you're responsible for this person rather than this area of hardwood. So I I don't really blame UAB for giving up some of those uh, alley-oops where that's kind of how you, you play against <clears throat> That zone defense, because Tech struggled against it a few times, especially in the backcourt when UAB was playing that Mike White press, especially in night two. There were some times where Tech just wasn't able to handle it handle it, and turn the ball over uh, a little more frequently than we would like. But again, I mean, a win's a win, so you can't really complain about it too much. False. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and the announcers did say, I don't think we mentioned this in game one, right? But the announcers pointed out that, you know, Tech, has mostly faced man-to-man this season and the zone was kind of throwing them off at times. Um, And you, I really did notice that, you know, when, you know, when UAB made a shot and then came back and set up their defense, 
Tech had a lot of trouble and was passing the ball around a lot more, which of course can lead to more opportunities for turnovers, right? And and so I don't think, you know, Tech wasn't particularly turnover prone in, in these games, but they did struggle against that zone defense at times. Yeah, it, the turnovers that happened just seemed more obvious because they were happening in the backcourt rather than a pass that goes out of bounds right, right. or a dish into the middle that, that gets away from you. They just seem to be more out in the open, so they're easier to talk about and kind of hate on. But either way, uh, we have one more dunk to talk about, and that's a double alley-oop that happens at 59 <laughs> seconds left. Yeah, and if you double... did not watch this game, you may be wondering what's a d- double alley-oop, which may have been what, just Matt, what Matt just asked. No, but, I was going to uh, say Evan, it's a double dunk. Yeah, did, Matt, you saw it too, right? I did. It was confusing. <laughs> yeah. I... Matt, Matt, would you like to paint us a word picture? Uh, two b- God damn it. Kevin, <laughs> would you like to paint us a word picture? Yeah, so 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 Crawford lofts it up and like I like I referenced a few minutes ago, the defense forgot about Pemberton again, but this time they forgot about Lofton too, which seems counterintuitive, I guess. And and you know, you got five guys on the court and you're only accounting for three of them. Crawford lofts it up and Lofton thinks that he's got a, a full-on, you know, free free layup. And, and Pemberton thinks that he's got a, a, another alley-oop dunk. So they both go up at the same time, kind of both touch the ball. Pemberton ends up getting credit for it. So I guess he, you know, he had more of the ball, but they both just kind of, you know, stopped mid-jump and just like, you know, almost volleyball pushed it up into the net. So it wasn't a dunk. It wasn't quite as exciting as the first alley-oop, but... I've never seen that. Um, and <laughs> Lofton kind of turns and looks at Pemberton like, the fuck were you doing there? You know, like that that's my that's my spot, man. What were you doing there? But Yeah, you totally kill sniped him, or that's the <laughs> term, right? Hashtag gamer. Yeah, I mean I'm used to uh... to baseball where you have to watch the video board to see if something's ruled a hit or an error. I think it's the first time in basketball I've looked to see how the official <laughs> scorekeeper scored a play. The yeah. very, it's gonna be ready it's gonna be in the mood for baseball again we'll, we'll get to that in a second but yeah i mean that's pretty much the end right there uab can't hit a shot in those final few possessions and christian and kobe only go one for two from the line the couple times they head up uh, to the free throw line uh, had uab hit a shot or scored a few points there they may be able to kind of steal this one away from tech but who cares because tech escapes with a 69 nice to 64 victory uh-huh. over the blazers to complete the sweep uh, and really, there's two things we haven't mentioned at all yet, and we may not want to spend too much time on because we spent a lot of time oh talking God. about oh how we God. just beat, tech, beat UAB. But <laughs> Jalen Benjamin! Oh yeah. my gosh, this guy! His legs! The most the most infamous legs in Rustin, I guess. Um, <laughs> this guy, okay, so he's like, I don't even know, what, like 6'4", maybe? 6'3"? I'm not sure why you think he's that tall, but he's 5'10". Oh wow. Okay. So he's he's like trying to was he trying to steal it from Lofton in the backcourt or something? Uh, oh, they were going they were diving for like a loose ball. Yeah. And Lofton's foot ends up like between Benjamin's legs, very close to his crotch, okay? And so very close to being like a nut shot, all right? But Benjamin like grabs Lofton's leg with his like thighs, like he like he squeezed his groin onto Lofton's foot and wouldn't let it go. And so they, they stopped to play. And I think the announcers thought they were going to call a, a double technical because they thought maybe Lofton, you know, kicked his nuts on purpose, which <laughs> it didn't look like he did to me. But 
um, I've got tech colored glasses, but they went to the video board and watched it. And so we got this replay like 16 times, which is hilarious. And yeah, no, Benjamin just, just grabbed his foot with his wiener, man. <laughs> it was real weird. Uh, yeah, it was. But that's not the only yeah. thing that happened with Jalen Benjamin on the night. Because there's a bit more. That to me was a, okay, come on, man. Yeah, that was, it was a, a weird. No one was, got hurt there. No, like it's a. He was trying to draw a foul. I think he he thought yeah. he could he thought he could draw a foul if Lofton like fell on top of them. Probably I don't know. Or even get that double technical because at that point Lofton has been killing this yeah. over this weekend. Yeah, the Dragons. So try to take him out of the game, but he also tried to take out our point guard and Kobe Williams. He goes to take a shot. Uh, Kobe Williams gets a piece of the ball. The ball comes free, lands in the arms of Archibald. Kobe goes to run up court past Jalen Benjamin, who's now on the ground. Benjamin extends his right leg out to the right side in a way that's yeah. definitely not unintentional. Trips up Kobe. Kobe falls, and Kobe's mad about this. Oh, yeah. I i don't think I've ever seen Kobe this, this hot-headed. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a clear... I mean, the dude should have been ejected for that, even... In my opinion, even if he hadn't had the earlier technical, I know that you have to get two technicals to get ejected. But I think if you if you have a flagrant two, you can you can be ejected. I don't know, I, but I didn't think it was that malicious. He, but it uh, was. I mean, the, he, the issue he, was that he had already had a technical foul called on him. So two technical fouls means you're ejected. Yeah. Well, but they just called it an intentional foul. Yeah. Even though he flailed his leg out on purpose to trip a guy running full speed down the court, I don't know. I don't. I don't oh, like I it. It's it's a dangerous play, and I mean, I don't know. The guy got called for three should be technicals in two games, so it seems like maybe he's just kind of you know a dirty player. But I don't know. Um, I can't wait for them to play North Texas and see what NTSN thinks. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, but luckily, uh, Tech does not play UAB next week. They play a team that. I mean, is not the teams that we already forget are in Cusa, but I didn't really even realize Middle Tennessee was on our schedule this year until I started to put the notes together. MTSU may as well have forgotten to play basketball this year as well because they've only won five games Ooh. in their 18 played. Uh, they're number 269 in Kempom. Uh, Tech is now up to 87, Ouch. by the way. Hell yeah. Uh, Can't wait to lose. Yeah, right. this, this screams trap game to me. Yeah. Uh, all five of middle's games that they won were at home. They're three and nine in conference play, split the series to FIU and swept Charlotte. Of they course, swept also Charlotte? At home. Yeah. At home. Interesting. Charlotte's not as highly ranked as I thought they were though. They're two Oh seven. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. It's a weird year, but middle Tennessee has beaten one good team. Murray state, which is 133rd. This is December 2nd that they won this game at home. 78 to 61. But, for their best loss, I put down uh, one school. They did lose to Nebraska Omaha, which is number 312. <laughs> but they got swept by Southern Miss. And we know what Southern Miss looks like because we beat them twice in two games that weren't all that close. They lost to Southern Miss by 30 points in their first yeah. game. I, I mean, these games, a lot of them aren't close, man. MTSU has been a powerhouse in this conference in, ba in men's basketball, but... I think they lost their coach a few years ago, maybe. Uh, went to, did he go to Ole Miss? No, because Ole Miss just had UAB's guy. Anyway, MTSU is is down in the doldrums right now, and they're projected by Ken Palm to lose out the rest of the way. So, of course, they'll beat Tech two times instead. 
Yeah, it was Kermit Davis who went, is still currently at Ole Miss. He's ah. at Middle Tennessee up through 2018 or the 2018-18 okay. season. So Andy Kennedy didn't just leave Ole Miss to go to UAB. He must have he must have parted ways and then anyway. Furiously googling trying to figure that out for <laughs> you right now. But yeah, uh, Andy Kennedy left in 2018. I guess he was replaced by Kermit. Interesting. Conference USA connections. But yeah, let's talk about Middle Tennessee for a second because they're not a very good team. Again, the screams trap to me, especially because you have to play them twice. Looking at what Middle Tennessee is good at, though, I guess they defend the three well. They're 52nd in the nation, which, I mean, that's pretty good at holding teams to below average three-point shooting. They also force turnovers a lot. They're 98th in the country. But when I'm looking down that offensive category on Ken Palm, there's a lot of red. I don't see a single positive thing on their offensive rankings when compared to the rest of college basketball. But, of course, Tech will probably lose one of these games because, you know, <laughs> basketball. But uh, looking at what Ken Palm says, Tech has an 83% chance to win these games. They predict a final score of 72-61. to 61. But my player to watch is Jordan Davis from the Blue Raiders. Uh, he's responsible for 84% of their minutes. So he there's only 15% of the minutes that he's not on the court, which is, yeah again, impressive. We've gone through those numbers on previous shows. Uh, none of these players really stick out in any offensive categories, but I mean, when the team is this bad on offense, that's probably not all that surprising, but Tech should win both these games, but they're on the road and Tech has not always been the best team on the road. Yeah, we, we haven't swept a series on the road yet, but we also haven't played all of the conference series we played on the road. I mean, it was was uh, Western Kentucky, UTEP and North Texas who are all in the top, you know, 150-ish of Ken Palm and MTSU is way, way down there compared to that. So uh, we should sweep, but, you know, we'll see. It's hard to say. I mean, MTSU's given up the worst effective field goal percentage in the conference um, defensively, but if Tech just goes cold for a night, you know, it's anything could happen, right? So they're giving up 54.8% um, effective field goal percent. And, you know, Tech is out here shooting um 49.9 average which isn't great but you know it's, it's if if mtsu is that bad we should go up not they should hold us down right so i mean it seems like this should be a pretty easy two wins but i don't yeah, know i mean at this point of the year i hate this i want to say trope but it's not a tv thing but there, there's a commentator that always says who wants it more mm. and i always hate that because of course, these these guys want it, but Tech has to has to come out and play the game that they've played all year. And yeah. if they do it, they should win both these games win, easily. Right? If they sleepwalk through it, then they won't. You can't just look at these at the stat sheet and say, "Oh yeah, we got this," right? Like we're doing here on the podcast, right? I mean, yeah. obviously they want to win. On my couch and, and <laughs> they've dedicated their entire lives to being good at basketball and being D one athletes. Obviously, they want to win, right? But so does MTSU. So like. They're not just going to roll over and take it because we're ranked 87th and they're ranked, you know, 267th, right? So hopefully it's a it's a two ice cream weekend here. Yeah, I'd love to see what one of those looked like. <laughs> yeah, this is the last chance for a two weekend or a two ice cream weekend uh, this year because the yeah. Rice Series is at home. And they're playing in Murfreesboro, which is you spent some time there. Know any good ice cream places that they should hit up? I feel like you asked me this last year and I didn't know either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gave you a whole year to find one ice cream place. Man, what do you think? I I went to Murfreesboro during a pandemic to find a good ice cream place? Come on, man. Yeah, that's fair, I guess. 
But before we do our predictions, though, let's jump to the texters and see how they did this week. Because remember, we went 4-0, so that sounds like they also went 2-0, right? Yeah, I mean, their performances were even more dominant and confused me more than anything, honestly. Because uh, UAB was, I think they were ranked higher than us in Massey. Uh, they they were ranked number 184, so they were pretty much even with this with the texters going in. And this is in Birmingham, but they the texters come out on Friday night and win 75 to 51. Keanu Walker led the team with 22 points. Amber Dixon added a double-double with 20 points and 10 rebounds. Anilar Roberson off the bench had 11, so that was nice to see. But the Texas are scoring 75 points on the road. Man, good shit, right? They, they outscored them 43 to 17 in the second half, which is pretty hilarious. I mean, it's always funny when you beat UAB. Yeah, yeah. They held him, yeah, they held him to 6 for 30 from the field in the second half, so... Not bad. Um, then night two, I mean, it was more of the same. Like I figured, okay, I think I, I think I sent a message. Hey, the Texters won by 24 points, so they're going to lose by 30 tomorrow. But nope, Keanu Walker and Amber Dixon, again, ran the show. 25 points for Walker, 20 points for Dixon. So that's that's over 40 points for both of them. So just a great weekend for those two. Um, Anilar Roberson, again, added 17 and eight rebounds. So Really good stuff from her. 83 points from the Texters. What the hell? Where did yeah. that come from? I mean, so so two games against a similarly ranked team, and they totally destroyed them. Yeah, Texters haven't scored 83 points since their season opener against Nice, uh, which is a much worse yeah. team that they won 90 to 45. like to get some of those scores again. But yeah, I, wow. the Friday night or the Friday afternoon game, I was doing other things throughout the day, and I got the Google alert saying that, Louisiana Tech beat UAB 75 to 51. And I was pretty confused by the alert. I was like, there's got to be something wrong. They didn't get that right. score right, right? And yeah. I go and check the stats. Oh, no, that's that's what happened. Yeah, and I actually watched the end of the game Saturday while the men's game was starting. That fourth quarter, I mean, they just they outscored them 23 to 10. So going into the fourth quarter, there was still a chance that, you know, it could be a close game. And the Texers just kept putting their foot on the gas and did not let up. And you had one of those moments with a minute left where they subbed out all five players and subbed in five, you know, freshmen, new players. Um, Robin Lee made a jumper at, at two seconds left to make it 83 to 61 final. So um, you love to see that getting your, your bench, your deep bench players, uh, some action there at the end of the game. But the texters this week take on MTSU who is better at women's basketball right now than they are at men's um back when i was a student at mtsu in grad school they were really really good at women's basketball the best in our conference and men's basketball actually that i was there when they beat um michigan state as a 15 seed this week though massey ratings has mtsu as the 105th best team in the country tech is up to 164 the games are in Ruston, so it's giving MTSU a 58% chance to win. So Tech has a 42% chance to win. Final score prediction of 70 to 67. So I guess with that in mind, there's nothing left to do but make our uh, our predictions for this week. Yeah, and I can go first on this one. I think the Bulldogs are going to sweep Middle Tennessee. I know it screams trap. I know it's hard to sweep a team no matter what team it is, especially on the road. But... Tech has all this momentum behind them that they hope to carry over into the conference tournament. 
and with three weekends to go, they're only looking to to expand on that. I think if this game was earlier in the year, you may see a loss, but I feel like at this point in the season, uh, things are firing on all cylinders well enough that they can get both of those games. The Texters is an interesting thing because, like you said, the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders, the women's team, they are only ranked 105th, but looking at their schedule, they lost their first three games to a 101, 70, and 77th ranked team, and they've only lost two games since, uh, one against Southern Miss and one against Charlotte, and the last game being against Charlotte on Saturday night, that was one of those two losses. So this is a team that has been pretty hot and won a lot of games coming off of a loss. I'm a little scared of of how they'll play against the Texters, but I want to say that they split and that Tech goes 3-1 and one on the weekend overall. Two wins by the men, one win by the ladies. How about you, Matt? What do you think? Four now. <laughs> Easy enough. Evan, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, looking at looking at MTSU's women's schedule here, they beat UAB um, not this past weekend, but two weekends ago. They beat them eighty-one to seventy-eight in overtime, so that gives me a little bit of hope. Like, okay, we stomped that UAB team, maybe, maybe, you know. But then they beat the same UAB team the following game, ninety-five to sixty-eight. So it's like, okay, maybe that first game was a fluke. I don't know. I think we'll split with them. The Texters. I don't understand them. They just won two dominant performances. So it's like, maybe we'll build on that. But my head is telling me, no, they'll lose by 30, right? So, and then win the next one by 25. Um, So I'm going to say they split and I got to go with the Bulldogs to sweep on the road. MTSU is just not good. And I think that we're locked in, we're focused. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go three and one as well. All right. Yeah, and this is normally the time where we would start to wrap up the show, but baseball season starts this week, so we have some baseball things to talk about. Uh, Hopefully we can get Matt, who just kind of affirmed his love for the sport of baseball, a little more into maybe tech baseball this year. Because here's what I want to do to start, is that there are three players, I want to just read the preseason awards that they've gotten for this Bulldog baseball program, starting with Taylor Young. Taylor Young from D1 Baseball got the number 11 college second base in the nation that is uh <laughs> that's a pretty a pretty, pretty incredible nice, <laughs> pretty yeah. incredible uh yeah. baseball america gave him the conference usa's best pure hitter award and also the best strike zone discipline award this and then he was baseman? also selected to the all-conference team yes a second baseman, second baseman. Mm. wow i mean hunter wells it, is our third baseman He's got the number 14 college third baseman in the nation award from division one baseball.com D one baseball also on the preseason all conference team. Parker Bates is who I'm most excited to talk about. I have to talk very quickly here because he won the conference. USA preseason player of the year award from baseball America, the conference USA media poll D one baseball. Uh, he's also on the all conference preseason team from the conference USA media poll and perfect game baseball third team, all American from collegiate baseball and also the conference who's a, a preseason player of the year from that collegiate baseball magazine. What position is he? I believe he's outfield. I'm trying to remember. It's the, yeah. Yeah. He plays especially in college, especially in college players move around a lot. Just, these are some in, in, incredible guys that if they're able to play as well as they did in the short 2020 season, this could be a magical year for the Bulldogs. It sounds like a killer infield. Yeah, and I mean that's that's not even mentioning like the two catchers we have, right? The uh, we have Kyle Hassler and uh, what's what's the other guy's George name? Corona is the other oh, guy's yeah. name. 
He was uh, drafted by Kansas City in the 39th round, but elected to come to Tech instead. Probably a minor league program. Pro- probably a smart move. <laughs> yeah, especially considering the state of minor league baseball right now. Heading to college yeah. for a few years is not the worst. Yeah, idea, no, that's a, sadly. He's well, actually listed on the roster as catcher slash outfield now, so that might be interesting. Getting drafted, there's only 50 rounds in baseball, if I'm not mistaken. So I say only 50 rounds, but uh, <laughs> a lot getting, of players get picked, but getting drafted still a huge yeah, honor. Getting drafted that late doesn't really necessarily secure you a a spot on a roster. So, and like you said, minor league baseball right now is in the dumps and not a bad idea to go get a free education and play some ball and get a better chance of getting drafted higher later. Yeah. And of course, when he was drafted, the situation isn't what it was now with the whole COVID thing, but still it's nice to, to be able to attract that level of talent to tech. Uh, But Kyle Hassler, the other catcher had an OPS of over one, which is, incredible of course this was like 15 16 games so small sample especially for baseball but if Kyle Hassler looks like the catcher that he started to look like he was last year then there's a reason why Corona may need to start playing some outfield and that's because he's got some uh, heat coming from him on the depth chart most of those awards go to uh, the the batting lineup still Netterville, Alex Ray also got some preseason awards from some of those magazines which I guess are less magazines and more just websites now but the pitching staff is not one that picked up any of those awards, but we have some pretty big names returning. If you followed tech baseball, the last couple of years, Jonathan Fincher, who in 2019 was our huge reliever out of the bullpen, uh, both in ability and in stature. Uh, he got moved into the rotation last year and had some pretty good success. He led the starters in ERA strikeouts and batting average against opposing hitters were only hitting 174 against him. That is pretty damn good. <laughs> Yeah, his record was 2-2, two and two, which I just bring up because I hate the fact that wins are a pitcher stat. That's one of the <laughs> things that's, that should change in post-1950 baseball is that you can have an amazing ERA and amazing every stat and still have losses because the um, offense doesn't show up when you're pitching. De- depends a lot on when you're putting the game to. He's not a starter, is he? No, he is. Maybe. He was last uh, year. It sounds like he's a great pitcher. Yeah, he leads this bullpen, probably the Friday night starter unless he gets usurped on the bullpen uh, or on the pitching staff. But we have Tyler Fallis, Kyle Griffin, and Bo Billings. Bo Billings was kind of the guy who was a true sophomore last year, I believe, who just kind of exploded onto the scene. It was the late-inning relief guy you could really count on, had a sub-two ERA, uh, just a guy who you could throw out there and knew he was going to do great things. But what I'm most excited for coming back is another starter, Jarrett Worf. Uh, I believe he's a junior college transfer. I know we made some uh, Warfare yeah. memes uh, last <laughs> yeah. year with the Twitter yeah, account. He, he is a JC, uh, a JC guy. He's a senior coming into this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he should be the ace, right? Yeah, if not Jonathan Fincher, definitely this guy. Again, it's weird looking at 2020 stats because of how small the sample sizes are. He had three amazing games in his first three starts at Tech. Uh, in those first three games, he had an ERA of 1.21, had 12 strikeouts, and only allowed nine hits as a starter. If that's a full season of work, that's possibly the best pitcher yeah, in college that's, baseball. That's, uh, yeah. It's three that's, games, though. It, I mean, he, right had well. a, he had a complete game <laughs> shutout, too, it, as one of those games. So, I mean, yeah. Complete game just, shutouts. Just, just incredible. But in the last weekend that Tech played college baseball last year before everything blew up, uh, it was against Wichita State. He pitched one inning, 
threw 39 pitches and gave up six earned runs and seven total runs. Yikes. Kind of fell yeah. apart right there. That's well. that's that's the, the the downside of the coin. And maybe those three games keep happening and the, every now and then he has a bad start and it's still worth it if you can get a complete game shutout every few weekends yeah, and I'll just that. And rely on your bullpen every now and then. But either way, I'm I'm just curious to see what I see from him because we only have those four games to go off of in a tech uniform. And I'm more curious than anything just to see how good he is next year or this year, this weekend, maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, what what's interesting is that this year in conference play, we're playing four game series um, every weekend. And the two the two middle games, so games two and game three will be um, will be seven inning doubleheader games. But that's still a lot of innings across one weekend for your pitching staff. So it's going to I mean, you're going to see a lot of teams falling apart late on on Sunday because they're not going to have the pitching staff to uh, to, you know, make that fourth game happen. But I think Tech's got a pretty deep bullpen and a pretty deep roster. So this might be the year for something like that to pay off more than than normal. Tech has the bats, but can they get the arms? And we have a few of them, but if two or three of these newcomers step up and become an immediate solution to the bullpen or the li- starting lineup, then this is a scary team. Uh, yeah. And it's a scary team that plays a pretty good schedule. To kind of go through the out-of-conference real quick, we have a home-and-home with the ULL-ULM twins. We'll play LSU twice at Alex Box Stadium the first time this weekend. We'll talk about that in a second, but we also play them later in the year. We have weekend series yeah against Southern and McNeese. But then the schedule gets a lot more interesting because we have a home series against Arkansas, a three-game series, followed up the next week with two home midweek games versus Ole Miss. Man. And then we travel to Tulane. And Tulane also has a historic baseball program and a nice ballpark I've been to several times. This is a great schedule, and we're not even a conference play yet. Yeah. I mean, you can't say enough about the new stadium bringing in Arkansas, bringing in Ole Miss. It was supposed to bring in Illinois, but... I think the Big Ten backed out. We talked about that a while ago. So, yeah, I mean, just great stuff. And then in conference play, I mean, if Conference USA is anything, it's a baseball conference, honestly. Like, because we, we got love it. Yeah, we got some good, I mean, Rice, historically great baseball program. Southern Miss has been really, really good lately. FAU's coming on pretty strong. And then Tech is right there in the mix. I mean, I think we were picked second. Um, in the Western division behind Southern Miss, but it could easily be Tech, you know, winning that conference tournament. And even if we don't win, we should be in a pretty strong position, or we, we could be, I'll say, in a pretty strong position to make a regional without even winning because our conference is that strong. If Tech wins Conference USA, I'm going ham. Hell yeah. Same here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in the tournament a few years ago at a, as an at-large, because of how strong the conference is. Southern Miss is expected to be the best team this year. Tech has their chance to beat them and dethrone them if they want. Uh, To look at the schedule, Tech has home weekend series. Again, these are four games on three days against UAB, Southern Miss, Marshall, UTSA, and then also ODU to close the year. This is kind of confusing, but those two uh, games against the Monarchs don't count for conference play. They're out-of-conference scheduled games against teams that are in CUSA. It's a little weird. Don't think too hard about it. Uh, uh, but, why don't we play Southern Miss twice? Two different I'm weekends. about to get to that. Uh, okay. Tech 
has away weekends in Hattiesburg at Southern Miss, Rice, Middle Tennessee, and FIU. And yes, I said Southern Miss twice, and Evan just pointed it out before I even said it twice. Conference USA is doing travel partners in baseball this year. Uh, so the two schools that usually get coupled together for football, like UTSA and UTEP and North Texas and Rice, or Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky, rather than kind of move everyone around the conference and do a bunch of travel in a year where attendance is not going to be 100 percent uh what they're doing instead is that southern miss will play at tech and at hattiesburg and then these other schools will also play at their travel partner and hope against a travel partner but what that means is that we have eight games against the team that's expected to win the conference easily <laughs> in like a two and a half week span so that's yeah. great it's great but if tech is as good as we're kind of hoping they are now, this is an easy way to get into that tournament without winning the ter- conference tournament and get a regional. And honestly, if we do well enough this season, this could be a host a regional kind of year. Ooh, I hope so. Man, that new stadium. You kidding me? Let's fucking go. With no fans Dude. in it. <laughs> well, we're going to have mean, Hopefully by end of May, early June, we'll be in a good vaccine situation. But I am overly optimistic all the time about tech sports. But I have a really good feeling about this baseball year, especially with the schedule that we have. Even this weekend, kind of going into that for a second, Tech plays Notre Dame, Air Force, and LSU this weekend. Yeah, hmm. cool. Uh, Air Force, <laughs> less so. We'll talk about them in a second. But starting off with Notre Dame, Notre Dame on Friday, a lot of these games are kind of in the morning because they're doing a, a round robin at Alex Box and Baton Rouge. But Notre Dame ended last year 31st in RPI, 31st in Massey as well. Baseball America has them a sleeper team to make a regional this year. A close game is expected here to start the year against a team that Tech has never played in baseball before. Uh, one name to keep an eye on is Nico Cavadas, their first baseman. And again, probably not actually how you say his name. He's on several All-American teams and also have a guy who steal a lot of bases, Spencer Myers. He had the most steals in the country last year before the season was canceled. Uh, either way, Tech is expected to lose this game, but it's a 50-50 chance pretty much. Massey gives Tech a 49% chance to win this game, 5-4. to four. Then the next day they play Air Force. It should be the easiest of the bunch, but you still never know. It's baseball. One game is a hard sample size to do. But they're 180th in RPI, 190th in Massey. Uh, Tech has a 74% chance to win this and predicted 7-4. Then finally, playing at LSU in Alex Box, where Tech has had some success recently. We've We've dethroned the Tigers a, a few times in the past few years. Uh, LSE is ranked 37th in RPI, 23rd in Massey. Their pitching is a scary part of this Tiger team. It's pretty much stacked both in the bullpen and in the starting rotation. But on offense, they'll have four, maybe three, but probably four freshmen in their starting lineup. So maybe Tech can steal this game away from the Tigers. Uh, and Dylan Cruz and Trey Morgan are the Tigers to watch in this game, both freshmen. Uh, 40% chance to win for the Bulldogs, 5-4, to four, again, as expected. So Tech is expected to go 1-2 and two on this weekend, but I'm feeling good <laughs> after being UAB. I'm saying 3-0. and oh. Ooh, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will Winning say... Winning the College World Series this year. <laughs> hey, man. If Coastal Carolina can do it a few years ago, I feel I feel like we could too, but... Tech is, is ranked 40th in Massey. I'm not sure if you said that, Nathan, where we're ranked at. I don't um, think I did. Where are we ranked in RPI? I'm not sure what you're using for that. Tech is ranked in RPI 67th. Okay. And and last and this is going off of last year because these rankings start once people yeah. start actually playing the games. Tech had a little bit of a down year last year. They had a couple players really step up, but a few others take a step back. And, and we'll see. I mean, 
the new stadium's gonna provide some magic and yeah we'll we'll see yeah, we're playing games at rust and high last year we'll yeah about that for a second too <laughs> yeah uh, uh, arkansas and old miss weren't coming to rust and high but um Rutgers was uh let's see you said three and oh I don't know, man. These these early early baseball games are so hard to read. I think we'll win two of these games. I'm gonna go two and one. I think we'll beat Air Force and LSU and drop to Notre Dame. So my I guess my overall prediction is what five and two on the weekend here. How do you think we're gonna do in baseball, Matt? I think we're gonna win every single game. Seven and zero, oh, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Riding with yeah. Matt. All right, Just... let's get the hell out of this podcast, man. Yeah. Oh, wait, shit. I typed this out and forgot to say it. Real quick, shout out Kiana Walker for uh, being named Louisiana Sports Writers Player of the Week this week in women's basketball, and to Junior Lofton for winning his fourth straight and seventh overall CUSA Freshman of the Week award. This is a scheduled tweet. Yeah. Now let's get the hell out of this podcast. Are they? Let's do the tweets of the week, though. Yes. Because we forgot about those last week. Yeah. I'll take the first one because this is fun. At TechLemo5, William Smith, who is, according to his Twitter bio, two-time Go Tech Please Don't Die Tweet of the Week winner, tweeted out a quote from Charmillionaire saying, I think we're going to sweep Tech and Rustin. And I think we are going to be ranked in the AP Top 25 this time next Monday with a video of everyone talking about the fact that, or not everyone, but a lot of UAB people talking about how they thought they were going to beat Tech this week and didn't. It's a fun video to just go back and relive. Yeah. Uh, real, real fun. He put the um, the Curb Your Enthusiasm song at the end of it with clips of Kenneth Lofton jocking on their players and everything. Great work. Go ahead and change that bio three time. I will take the second tweet of the week since we didn't give one last week with Dave on. The second tweet of the week goes to LaTeX Sports Report who says, I like the way UAB plays. I like Coach Kennedy and their team is admittedly classy. This was after game one, not after game two. Um, I've saved this can <laughs> since football season, and it's almost out of date. So out of respect for a win over a quality UAB team and my disdain for their football team and most of their fans, cheers. And then it's his can of blazer tears that he made for the football season, um, which is very professional looking. We may have to. Uh, may have yeah, to... We got, I smell a merch opportunity, honestly, yeah. but uh, we'll have to get that cleared by corporate and the, the team of lawyers we definitely employ. Yeah. But yeah, that finally wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please and Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog where we don't have a post up, but I do have the baseball contest up for this first week. That's gtpdd.dog. Or if you're looking for the contest, gtpdd.dog slash contest. And yeah, I think that's everything. So until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. going to be mad about him shouting that but depends on diction the, the, <laughs> how, wait, the, wait. how would it depend on diction if he said it sexually can you give an example uh, uh, uh. <laughs>
<laughs> you were uh, way too anxious to ask me if I was willing to give an example. Uh, no, I will not do that. I have limits. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how you say it. You have limits? Did you, <laughs> did you not listen to the GTPDD After Dark podcast? Okay, for those right? who listened to the GTPDD <laughs> AD, believe it or not, I do have limits, people. <laughs>